Hey everybody and welcome to a new episode of 20 Minute Fitness. This is your podcast host Leslie here. Here to welcome any new listeners too. We always love you guys as well. And if you're new here, then just thought we'd let you know that the 20 Minute Fitness podcast is produced every Thursday of every week. And if we mention anything of interest in this podcast, then uh, you can find that info in our show notes at www.20minute.fitness. You can find all the links of what we mentioned in the podcast there, and we would love for you to check it out. Also, guys, I thought I would mention that we have some new 20 Minute Podcast merch that you can get. You can get it delivered to your mailbox, to your door, in real life. All you have to do is take a screenshot of a review of this podcast and tweet it to us at shape underscore scale, and we would be overjoyed to send you some of that 20 Minute Fitness Podcast merch, and it's so easy. So I hope to see your guys' screenshots soon. guys because I'm so excited for this uh, interview with Simon Marshall. I am going to cut right to the chase. If you happen to see a little button that says, I don't know, maybe a little thing called subscribe, we would love for you to click that. You can click it, press it. You can just smash your phone into your face however you want to do it. We don't judge. And you can be notified every week when we post and it would just put a big smile on all of our faces. So you guys, on this week's episode, we have a very exciting guest, Simon Marshall. Simon is an expert in exercise and health with a focus on changing people's behavior. He really is an expert because he's published over 80 scientific articles and book chapters about the science of health behavior change. But in case reading scientific articles in your spare time wasn't really your thing, then don't worry because Simon and his wife wrote this amazing book called The Brave Athlete, How to Calm the F Down and Rise to the Occasion. Essentially, it's a guide on dissecting the feelings of nervousness, anxiousness, stress, whatever you want to call it, and learning about how to manage those feelings in a way that will help you calm the F down and rise to the occasion. And you guys, I cannot recommend this book enough. Not only do Simon and his wife make the science highly accessible to read, but the book is also very funny and very well written. It's actually helped me a lot with how I see nervousness and anxiety in general because their tips and explanation really apply to any type of anxiety. And I mean, who doesn't have anxiety? I think liars. Liars are the only people who don't have anxiety. So you can actually just by, you know, sheer coincidence, find uh, Simon's book, The Brave Athlete, linked in our show notes and also in the description of this podcast. And without further ado, Simon Marshall. Sure. So uh, my name's Simon Marshall. Um, I'm British, but now live in California. So I kind of lucked out on that one. Um, I'm I'm a performance psychologist, so I help people who are struggling in environments in which they have to perform so it might not be just sort of sports performance though although most of my uh, work is in sport and athleticism but it's also about people who are doing things on the you know air quote stage uh, where they're being watched or judged or evaluated they're trying to get a better mindset so that they can do that with a bit more enjoyment and confidence great so um in reading your book um the brave athlete um you say that we have three brains, um, our ancient chimp brain, our modern professor brain, and our computer brain. 
Um, could you give us an overview of what those different brands do and how they can affect our performance as an athlete? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, obviously, you know, the little caveat here as a scientist is that we've grossly <laughs> simplified the structure and function of the <laughs> uh, and, and in fact, if there's one thing that we've learned on from some of the more recent neuroscience research is that we've we've got to be a little bit careful when we start to um, uh, conflate a structure and function. Right. So there are parts of the brain that we that don't actually exclusively do X uh, or other parts to do Y. So but, but I think for the for the sake of like everyday people trying to make sense of why they're having thoughts and things they don't want, I think a metaphor that does simplify it doesn't go go against science but it does recognize uh, recognizing that it does simplify a little bit so uh, not a little bit a lot so so in essence we have this uh sort of um emotional uh quite so primordial brain right in the center of our heads so in, in our brains called the limbic system and this has been with us for millions of years and it's where all of our emotions come from it's where the fight or flight response is mm. it doesn't do any thinking in the sense that the way the way we think about thinking so when we think about who we are and what we like doing and that kind of stuff. That's not the part of our brain doing the work. The limbic system, which is what we call the chimp, is mm -hmm. the part that's giving us um, feelings. So uh, when we when we feel angry or frustrated or sad or scared, the limbic system is really driving that. And so the limbic system is designed in brain world to keep us alive. So it's a very noble cause, and it's something that we never really want to uh, do without or, or lessen. So it's trying to walk that fine line between keeping us safe. And so that we don't die, but also uh, trying to help us not become uh, humiliated or embarrassed or inadequate, all, the, all these other things that mm -hmm. in millions of years ago probably would mean death, but now they just, you know, just mean sort of slight annoyance. <laughs> and, and, but on the outer part of our brain, we've got the wrinkly part that you can see called the cortex and the frontal cortex, the part at the front is where all of the analysis and thinking gets done. That's when that's who the real us actually are, in essence. And we call that the professor brain because it deals only in facts and logic. Mm -hmm. And so you have these two brains that they're really fighting all the time. On the one hand, this brain, one brain is saying, go on, you deserved it. Have that second glass or eat those cookies. And on the other hand, your frontal cortex saying, well, hang on a minute. We're trying to stay in shape. We're trying to lose weight. And that doesn't fit with trying to fit into the clothes I've bought or what, or what have you. So most of the fights the, or the angst that we get into, the mental turmoil, is because these two brains have a disagreement about what we should do. And part of the challenge for performance, and it's not just performance, actually, it's about anything in life where we don't want to have thoughts and things that we don't want, is to try and manage that fight so that we end up doing the thing that's both uh, enjoyable but also in our best interest. Uh, so mm -hmm. the third brain uh, is what we call the computer brain. And this is the part of our brain actually that sits right at the back of our head on top of the brain stem and, and um, back of our, our brains. Mm -hmm. and, and what that really is responsible for is habits and routines. So when we do things automatically without really thinking about it, it's the computer brain that's running the show. So finding ourselves doing things out of habit is not really, limp, uh, is not really chimp or professor at all. It's the computer brain that's taken over. And your brain loves to put things into that part of its uh, uh, um, uh, brain for to, to make life easier, more efficient. If we had to think about every little thing that we did every day, it would we would never we'd be tripping up our, over ourselves all the time. So so those three brains are really in this sort of dynamic, constantly bickering and fighting, uh, like kind of brothers and sisters. And so how do we get a sense of that and win that fight? So that's really the essence of what we're trying to do mm -hmm. when we want to make choices that are good for us and healthy, but we also enjoy. Right. 
So what advice would you give someone who is just starting out on their fitness journey and maybe struggling with the fear of just starting out? Yeah. Well, one thing is to, is to, is to give it some sense of normalcy and to say, that's okay. That's quite normal. Um, and mm-hmm. what most of us feel is that it's only me that thinks that. Well, mm-hmm. how come they, 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 they don't have any trouble getting up in the morning to do their workout. And we know that's not the, the case at all. We all struggle. Um, so the first thing is to recognize what is it that my chimp brain is most concerned about? What is it that it gives me these sort of emotions? And we have emotions to drive decision making. That's the only reason humans have emotions to get us to do, trying to nudge us in the ribs to act a certain way, act in a certain way. So you have to be really in tune to the things that your irrational chimp brain is trying to convince you of what's the right choice. And then you have a discussion with it. It sounds a bit odd, I know, but you kind of say, okay, what are you most worried about? Why are you, you worried about entering that race or that 5k or doing something going to the gym for the first time and not knowing how to use the equipment because right. i don't i don't want to look as though i don't know what i'm doing i'm scared that everyone seems to know what they're doing except me and i don't want to look as though i'm i don't want to suck i don't want to see other people seeing me suck and i don't want to look around and watching everybody clearly not sucking except me right. all the things that your chimp brain right is saying don't do something you're good at mm-hmm. why are you doing this stay home Mm-hmm. So we have to sort of analyze that and use some professor brain skills and facts and logic to say, well, so what? You know, if people, if you mess up or you don't know what you're doing, who cares? Most people are, are so focused on their own stuff that they don't really right. notice what you're doing and so on. So that's really the hallmark of what we're trying to do. get to know your chimp brain and the nonsense that it's feeding you because it's not the real you. Right. Yeah. And I feel like whether I'm in a race or sometimes like even, um, on the treadmill at the gym, I feel like I'm like comparing myself to other people and um, I'm looking around and everybody else seems super calm and I'm the only one who's freaking out. But it's refreshing to know that I'm not the only one who's feeling that way. <laughs> um, so when it comes to the... In fact, not, and it, you know, it's, just not, it's not just you're the only one. It's mm-hmm. the... Sorry, if it, you're yeah. not just the only one. It's we've noticed from first time beginning exercises right through to Olympians, they have the sa- exact same struggles. So they, you just would never know it because they look so much fitter, and leaner and more together, but they have the same battles. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes from um, Serena Williams is that uh, pressure can either burst pipes or make diamonds. And, um, you know, is there a better way to digest sometimes this overwhelming sense of pressure when either competing professionally or in your first 5k yeah well that's a good question i think that's one of the things that lots of us struggle with and it might not even be the pressure of a of a race or something it could be feeling under pressure to do something that you're really scared about you have to give a presentation you have to ask for a pay rise you have to go on first date you know whatever these mm-hmm. situations where we're being watched and judged and evaluated mm-hmm. and the and the secret source to getting through those moments well is mm-hmm. to focus on the process so mm-hmm. in the here and now what do i need to do to be the best you know first data uh, best presenter best athlete mm-hmm. i can be so what does my coach or one of the things i've read tell me okay i need to have my shoulders back my chin up i need to have quick feet or so you're focusing on the 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 ingredients the elements that lead to a good outcome the Mm -hmm. moment we get caught up in thinking about the future Mm -hmm. what oh i need this i must have this happen i hope it all goes well and what 
we start to unravel, right? The parts of our brain that starts taking over makes it really difficult to execute that skill kind of flawlessly and quickly. So we often say when you get to the start line or the beginning of anything, all you can control on the day is your effort and your attitude. Nothing else. I mean, it's too late to worry about fitness on the morning of the event. It's, even if you've got a little bit of a, a, a um, you know, a little slight tweak that you're feeling in your back that suddenly appeared out of nowhere of all days, why does this happen? Or am I, am I getting sick? Or they're the cards that you've been dealt with on the day, right? So effort and attitude are the only things that you can control. And we need to become really diligent in forcing ourselves to focus on how do I be the best person I can be, the best athlete or runner or exerciser I can be for the next two minutes. I just have to worry about in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then how do I keep a positive attitude? And positivity is so important mm -hmm. when you're in pressure-filled moments because it's a driver of confidence and ex doing the right thing in terms of the skill and so on. So how can we stay um, uh, with a positive attitude? And the moment you want, you feel the negativity, the bitching and moaning mm -hmm. or the weather and this isn't going right, it feels good, right? right. No doubt about your chip loves to have its little you know scratch uh, itch scratched uh, but the moment you do it just like a mosquito bite it becomes inflamed and inflamed and before you know it all you can think about is that negativity so we have to resist that all as much as we can so we focus on positive behaviors we can fake it till we make it right we can right. smile a lot we can thank people for volunteering we can people who are faster than us or the slower than us we say hey good job great and you're not just doing that to be a nice citizen although that's also a great reason to do it but you're doing it for your own brain chemistry as well your brain is actually physically changing the kind of hormones and the neurotransmitters that get released when you're positive start to change the way you think and feel about things so Staying in the moment, effort and attitude is the real, the, the sriracha source of coping with pressure. <laughs> right. And so do you use any strategies in your own experience as an athlete to handle the anxiety of sport, like meditation, visualization, or self-talk? Yeah, I use tons. I mean, you know, um, I struggle with uh, getting out of bed early. Really God, it hurts. I don't really want to do it. And Mm -hmm. So what I do is I use a few little. So one of them that really helps me for getting out of bed in the morning is, you know, your the alarm goes off, you've got an early start and your chimp brain is saying, oh, it's warm, just another five minutes, you'll be fine. Or it's comfortable, it's safe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or you can do that. You, why don't you do it after work instead or do it tomorrow? You don't need to do it now. And yet your 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 uh, professor brain is trying, no, we've planned for this. You've got to right. get up now and you've got this fight going on. So what I do is. I, the moment you kind of either hit the snooze button or the alarm goes off, you count to 10. Mm. And on 10, you make a commitment to throw back the covers and get out of bed. Now, there's nothing special about counting to 10. But what you're doing is you're, by counting, you're forcing your automatic, your computer brain to take over. Counting is a skill that your computer brain does, you know, in its sleep in air quotes. Uh, so you can't actually be thinking about why this sucks as well as counting at the same time. So by forcing yourself to do that, you're just sort of like drowning out the noise of, a, of an overactive chimp. And on 10, you're just acting impulsively to get mm. out of bed. So that really helps when you're trying to do anything. It's like the one, two, three jump, right? It's the, if you can right. count to yourself or whistling in the dark, it's the same principle. So that is a great one. And when you actually mm -hmm. are exercising or you're running and it's kind of getting uncomfortable, mm -hmm. I like to count as well. Counting is your brain loves any sense of rhythm or anything that has like a metronomic quality to it that's not too complicated to think about it. So I count my footsteps like one, mm -hmm. two, three, four, five, six, one, two. So you count over and over again. 
-hmm. And that's also a really great pain management strategy. So it's a distraction method that helps you tolerate the discomfort. In addition, stopping that part of your brain, tell you why this sucks or why this is awful or who can be, I'm not doing this again. I'm never getting talked into doing this again. So counting or singing to yourself is another great little strategy that you can use. Right. Yeah. um, In rowing, we use this term called like a power 10 and it's where um, it doesn't matter what has happened before or after, like for these 10 strokes, you're going to go as hard as you possibly can. And um, we always count them off. And um, it doesn't really, it allows you to be like after, you know, these 10, it's going to be over and it kind of gives you a small goal to work towards. So that's always been helpful. It it really does. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, when you, you know, the brain, your brain loves lists and checking things off, right? Mm -hmm. So we, one of the the strategies that we know works really well is called segmentation. Mm -hmm. And all it means is that you break a large task into tiny chunks. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're doing. You're breaking a big effort into something that's quite small and manageable. And you're only thinking about something in the moment for that period. And then you're using the counting to kind of crowd out the chimp and the professor brain for having an argument. And so that really, really works well. And the other great thing about that segmenting is that you get a little squirt of dopamine afterwards. And dopamine is that sort of I've I've achieved something, I've accomplished something. And and it doesn't just give us a little reward. It feels good to get that that out of the way. Mm -hmm. But dopamine also drives motivation. In fact, if there was a, if you could trace motivation, the willingness to or the wanting to continue down to a biology it would be dopamine Mm. and so dopamine drives the wanting and needing to continue so when you have you want to go out and say i need to go i need to run for 30 minutes or and after 10 minutes it's already feeling like agony or or how am i going to get through this or it's an hour run or something you say okay i'm going to do 10 minutes and after 10 minutes i'm going to decide whether i want to turn around and go home Mm. or stop and walk or just give it up and Lo and behold, you get through 10 minutes. Oh, I can maybe do another 10 minutes. Oh, well, I'm halfway now. I might as well continue. And you're, you're kind of rolling the dopamine snowball along, right? Because you're getting a reward for getting that little segment over. But it's also giving you a nudge to wanting and needing to continue. So it's a really helpful strategy to break that into small chunks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it was really great talking with you. And um, I think it's a really interesting topic, the idea of mentality and fitness, because for so long, I feel like they were separated. And now over the recent years, it feels like they're coming together and that a real kind of acknowledgement of like the synergy between them is being acknowledged as well. So thank you so much again. It was really insightful. Oh, my pleasure, Les. It was great to talk to you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this week's episode of 20 Minute Fitness. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at shape underscore scale to share your ideas on what we should cover next. And you can find us on Instagram at ShapeScale. Again, thank you so much to Simon for being such a fantastic guest. If you're looking to find out more about his book, then you can find that link to The Brave Athlete, both in our description of this podcast and in our show notes. It's so easy. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I hope to see you back here next week. Bye!